Welcome to the Christ Life Ministries podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Olubi Johnson. For more information about this podcast and our other resources, please visit spcconline.org. God bless you. You know, and um, you can look at it individually and you can look at it corporately. If you look at it corporately, you see the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher, you know, and, and, and you know, the, the, the apostolic and the prophetic, you know, feeding the oil into all the other fivefold ministries, the saints, the deacons, and all of that. I don't want to go into all of that. The, the, the point is this. How, what is a completed temple today? What do we mean by complete temple? The foundation will be apostles and prophets manifesting the, the glory of God. Then more and more people who are in the church, but not yet in the perfect church. That is, they haven't yet submitted themselves and they're not practicing those principles of perfection. More and more of them will come. When will we know that it is complete? When we have a candlestick on every continent. It's very interesting that there are seven continents. There will be one in Africa. There will be one in Europe. There will be one in, 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 in North America. One in South America. You know, one in Asia. You know, in, 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 in North Asia, Southeast Asia. One in uh, Australia, Oceania. You know, the, the, these, these islands. You know, everywhere. There will be nowhere on earth that you will go that there will not be a perfect church. That will be manifesting the glory of God like Jesus did. That's, that's, that's the perfect, that's the, that's, the, that's the completion. It will start with a foundation from beyond the rivers of Ethiopia here, but that's just the beginning. You know, then it will spread. It will spread. It will not stay in Africa alone. It's just going to be a pioneering effect. Then it will go to Europe. You know, in fact, I have, I, yet not I, but the grace of God which is within me, I have an idea. I'm not saying God said, but. You know, I, I, I perceive that the, what's going to happen is that it will start here, then England and America. God never forgets who. Because we got everything we got from England and America. It will go England. It will go to the U.S. Then from the U.S. and England, it will phew, Asia through people like Young Cho. Young Cho is going to be the Lord now. You know, and others like that. There, I'm sure there are other guys there that I don't know. You know, uh, Australia, you know. And, but it'll take seven years. In seven years, seven and a half years about, we will have a perfect church on every continent. And then it, it won't stop there. It will still keep growing, but it's, it's now complete. It's now complete. Then they'll still be, it'll start going to nations. Nigeria will have one. You know, Togo will have one. You know, Cameroon will have one. And all over the world, there'll be nowhere where there will not be a perfect church there. And that perfect church now will send its, uh, it, 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 its, its disciples, true disciples now, that will carry the borrowed anointing, and they will go to every tribe, tongue, and kindred and make disciples in every nation. That will take another 14 years or so to cover everywhere, you know. So that's the plan. That's the spiritual equivalent of Solomon, com you know, completing his temple and we see in first chronicles this is 
we're in First Kings, but I'm going to quickly go to First Chronicles. You know, uh, chapter five or Second Chronicles, excuse me. Second Chronicles. Uh, we all know that scripture very well. You know, chapter five in verse one. He finished the temple. You know, they bring the ark into the temple because of time. And let's go right down to verse twelve and thirteen. You know, and also the Levites, I didn't hear you. I didn't hear you. Which were the singers? All of them. Of Asaph, of Heman, and of Jeduthun. <laughs> With their sons and their brethren. Being arrayed in white linen. Having cymbals and psalteries and harps. Stood at the east end of the altar. And with them, a hundred and twenty priests. Everybody scream a hundred and twenty. That's where we get, the, you know, Acts chapter 2 from. Isn't God wonderful? Look at this, written thousands of years. And then on the day of Pentecost, they didn't know. Peter and James, they were just coming, you know, doing fellowship, like obeying Jesus, staying in the upper room, starting in Jerusalem. But God made it that it was, when it was 120 of them, then the day of Pentecost was fully come. Hallelujah. Priests. You know, with trumpet, that trumpet is the tongues. <clears throat> you know, tr 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 um, tr uh, speaking prophetically. And it came to pass. I didn't hear you. As the trumpeters and the singers were as one, to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord, when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and the cymbals and the instruments of music and praised the Lord, saying, for he is good for his mercy and joy forever. That the house was what? With a cloud, even the house of the Lord. So that the priests could not stand to minister by reason of the cloud. For the glory of God had filled the house of God. Give the Lord a clap offering. That is going to happen now. The glory of God is going to fill the church. Local churches like this one. And others, you know, it won't all happen at the same time. There'll be pioneers, then others will copy the pattern. They will do the same thing and they'll get the same result. We're going to see the, 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 the glow, this same Shekinah glory that was seen in the Old Testament. Where the Old Testament, you know, in the, 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 in the wilderness, where they'll see the cloud during the day and the pillar of fire by night. The same thing is going to happen now. The, the, the place will be full of the glory of God. And you know, when it's full of the glory of God, the priest can't stand to minister. For example, this pulpit, you may not see me. You'll just be hearing my voice. Because it'll be like a cloud, a fog. You won't see the choir. You will hear the singing. Then their voice will be different. Because the angels would have joined them. Give a lot of clap offering. Oh yeah. Amen. The whole auditorium. This section here, this section, the back, all over there, full of the cloud. Leave the door wide open. Anybody try to enter, they won't be able to enter. Any, and the good thing about that, anybody trying to get out won't be able to get out. <laughs> so you can't go when you want to go. You can only go when the glory lifts. And you may be here until 6 o'clock in the evening. How many people still want the glory? Give the Lord a clap offering. In the glory, you won't even feel it. These things happen at the turn of the century to a small degree. Under people like Maria Woodward, Etta, and others, where the glory of God will fill the church. The early Pentecostals, 
they experienced a little bit of this. 1906, you know, after Azusa Street, where the place, you know, the, the people will be like this for 24 hours. You can't move him. It's like a statue. Still flesh and blood. And he'll be like, 24 hours, he won't feel tired. He won't feel hungry. If you talk to him, he won't answer you. And then when the glory leaves, he'll say, hello, how are you? And he'll think it was two minutes, whereas he's been there 24 hours. Another clap offering for the Lord. You know, this generation knows very little or nothing about the manifestation of the presence and the glory of God. But we're going to see it. We heard stories like this from people like Kenneth Hagin. Even people like Kenneth Hagin didn't see it much. They saw a little bit of it. Some of the older ones, you know, people like Smith Wigglesworth, Maria Woodward Etta, you know, John G. Lake, you know, uh, E.W. Kenyon. So they, in the, the, the turn of the century, 1906, 1908, 1910, 1915, 1920. Ken Hagen was only born in 1917. You know, many, there, there were great manifestations of the glory of God. And that has to come back to the church. And you know, Pastor G is also going to bring the fear of God back to the church. Just like Ananias and Sapphira. That same glory that's going to be wonderful and man will also bring judgment to the sinners in the church. So people won't come to church unless they're clean. Because either word of knowledge will fish you out. Or word of wisdom will fish you out. Or the glory will kill you. Nobody said amen to that one. The truth. Who killed Ananas and Sapphira? Peter didn't kill them. Peter didn't have a knife in his hand. Peter just said, Why has have you allowed Satan to fill your heart? He said, You have not lied unto men, but unto God. The Bible says they fell down. The husband, uh, the wife came three hours later. How much did you sell the land? She lied along with her husband. He said, the feet of those who carried your... <laughs> Peter, Alicia. <laughs> will carry you out. She felt flat dead. It's coming back. What's wrong with these people? Nobody's saying amen. The hour is coming and now is. That if you tell your relatives, your mommy, your daddy, your, your friends, I say... I, I, I've been called to the ministry. I'll say, don't go. <laughs> Unless you are sure God called you. Because if you go and God didn't call you, we have heard stories. That's how it should be. That's how. Fear. That's the meaning of reverend. Say reverend Olubi Johnson. <laughs> you know, that's the meaning. That, you know, they, they will revere. They will fear the church. It's coming back. As sure as tomorrow is coming. The, 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 the house of the Lord. The glory of God will fill local churches like this. And until the glory lifts you, you can't come out, you can't go in. So if the glory starts at the beginning of the service, all the people outside will have to watch it on TV. You can't enter. The ushers can't go. You can't, you can't go anywhere. You won't even feel like going to the toilet, you know. Because the Holy Ghost will be walking inside you. And you'll be like that until the glory lifts. I told you to listen to a message last week. Kenneth Hagin, he preached on development, development of the human spirit. 
you know, he preached in 1979. I, I listened to it in 1979 while I was still in London, you know, in, in Imperial College. You know, it, one of the things that shaped my life and I made up my mind I was going to develop my human spirit, you know, by doing all things Kenneth Hagin taught. And he talked about his own experience, you know, and his mother corroborated it. You know, when he died, after he got born again, you know, on his, on his sick bed, he died and went to heaven. And then Jesus said, go back to the earth. Your work is not yet finished. The, the, the room of his, his bedroom in his grandfather's house was filled with the glory. His mommy tried to enter. She bounced back. His grandmother, who was more rabocious and, and bold, she, she, she said she stepped back like this. And then she tried to run so that she could enter. She got to something. She bounced back. That's coming back. A clap offering for the Lord. That's not a good one. Hallelujah. The glory of God. And so, that's Solomon's temple. Now, let's go back to 1 Kings chapter 7. This is the sad part of the story. I'm going to just summarize it. I don't like it, but it's there. And we have to preach it. Amen. This is where the, this is where the problem starts. It took seven and a half years to build the temple. But look at chapter 7, verse 1. But! Everybody screamed the but. You have to say it the way the Holy Spirit is feeling it. Say it again. It was a rebuke. But! Solomon was building his own house 13 years. His heart has started to shift. He spent twice the amount of time building his personal house that he spent to build the church of God. Be very careful. Indulgence. I'm not going to read what I have in my notes here. Extravagance. The road to destruction. See, brethren... The kind of money we're going to get that is coming to the church has never been seen before in human history. You know, there, we are told now that Nigeria is owing, I don't know the figure, but it's in trillions. Trillions in Naira. I don't know if we've reached the trillion in dollars yet. The American debt is in trillions. These are realities. Economic realities. Yet... The scripture says, and Pastor Andrew, the scripture cannot be broken. Yet, the scripture says we will lend to nations we will not borrow. It means that individuals in the church are going to have trillions. So, I said, how are we going to wipe out uh, Nigeria's debt? How are we going to wipe out America's debt? People in the church will give to the nation. The Bible says we will lend to unto many nations. Because the kind of money we're going to make is going to be creation of wealth. Not just transfer. Transfer of wealth is that uh, uh, Professor uh, um, uh, James here he, he's blessed by my message. So he's you know from his the money that he has, he, he might give me maybe a thousand naira or a, a hundred thousand. You know that's transfer. He, he he already had that money. Then he transferred some of it. To, that's where we start. So Luke six thirty eight is prosperity message of transfer of wealth. But Proverbs chapter 8 
is prosperity message of creation of wealth. Because it is going to be the wisdom of God that we're going to get that is going to create wealth that has never been seen before. To, to put this in a historical perspective, when I was a young man, you know, when I was in my late teens and early 20s, the richest men in the world were Paul Getty, Pastor G, remember Paul Getty, you know, Aristotle Onassis, you know, Paul Getty was into oil, you know, he had a company, you know, that made oil in America, you know, he, was, he became a millionaire when he was 24, you know, and then, you know, uh, Onassis was in shipping, you know, that was the kind of money people had then, that's, I'm talking about this 1976, 77, 78, 79, unknown to the world, there were two young boys who were a little bit older than me, about two or three years older than me, Bill Gates and Steve Jobs, who had a dream of making personal computers. It's never been done before. People even think it was possible. To cut a long story short, the rest is history. Bill Gates creates DOS, the disk operating system, and he licenses it to Microsoft. Uh, sorry, to IBM. And they built the IPM PC. The IBM PC came out in 1981. That was the year after I left Imperial College. So I was at the cutting edge of all of that. That is the knowledge of it. You know? And uh, uh, um, um, Apple. The Apple computer. What we're using now. All of that. It began what is known as the microprocessor, microcomputer uh, uh, revolution. It created wealth that they had never seen. Their wealth outstripped. When... When I was a young man, you know, when I was in my late teens and my early 20s, the richest men in the world had a hundred million dollars. Remember, Pastor G? And we thought they had money. That was, you know, uh, 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 Paul Getty and, 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 and Aristotle Onassis. Hundred million, hundred and ten million. Ah, the richest man in the world, you know, and all of that. When Bill Gates and, 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 and uh, uh, Steve Jobs started making money, they went, they, 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 their money was not, was not in the millions. He went to the billions. First 30 billion, then he went to 100 billion. You know, one individual. Why? Because they created something that was not there before. That's the next thing that's going to happen now. There's, oh, I'm getting ahead of myself. It's a prophetic message. That's why we're going to be greater than Solomon. Solomon had wealth because of the wisdom God gave him. And God blessed him through David. And really, the way they made their money in those days was, you know, all the different kingdoms would bring tribute. To, you know, they would bring uh, offerings and tributes to him. That's really how he made his money. You know, gold from uh, different places and all of that. You know, but Aaron is going to be greater than that. The Bible says the greater and Solomon is here. Christ, it's going to be creation of wealth. You know, you all kinds of exotic, wonderful things. Some of them we don't even know now. The Bible says, eye has not seen, ear has not heard, neither has he heard the things God has prepared for them that love him. Am I talking to anybody here? And it's going to create such wealth, it will be in the trillions and the quad quadrillions. We don't have a name for it. A trillion is 10 times 10 times 10 to power 12 times. 1 million is 
10 times 10 six times. 1 billion is 10 times 10 nine times. 1 trillion is 10 times 10 to 12 times. But when you start having people who are making money that are 10 times 10, 15 times. 10 times 10, 18 times. You can't spend that money until Jesus comes. That's why we'll be able to take out of it and say, you, we pay off your debt. We pay off Nigeria's debt. The, the, the hour is coming and now is. If you can't believe it, say, God help my own belief. You know, individuals in the church will take so as I pay off America's debt. But, condition, I can preach anywhere, anytime. Then shall come to pass that which is written, you know, that the gates of the nations will open to the church. It says, let the king of glory lift up your head, O ye gates, and ye everlasting doors, and believe, and the king of glory will come in. I'm not talking to anybody here. So we must not make the mistake Solomon made. In extravagance, indulgence, we will live well. You will have private planes because of their functionality, not because you want to show off. You know, all those things will just be normal. There won't be, there won't be a big deal, you know. But you will live a simple life. Why? Because you want to use most of the money, one, to make disciples over the nations, two, to bless the nations. So that there will be a conducive atmosphere for us to preach the gospel. Hello, somebody. That must be your motivation and it must remain your motivation. Otherwise, when that money comes, you will even forget the God who gave it to you. So I say, ah, I can never do that. You haven't seen money yet. You know, all this, you know, small change that you have now. That's not money. Real money is coming. The trillions and the quadrillions. You can spend, you can finish it. It will be used for the nations. It will be used for the gospel. That is the reason why it says, it is the Lord thy God that giveth thee power to get wealth. It's not just going to be transfer of wealth. I'm not going to be waiting for someone to come and give me offering. I'm going to create it. We're already doing that in a measure with life force and all of that. This church, you know, and this ministry, you know, most of what we spend we, is money we've created through life force. Of course, we, took, we take offerings too so that you can be blessed. But it's not, it's not the offerings. It's a pattern. Oh, glory to God. Okay. So, Solomon misbehaves. All right. Chapter 8. Solomon dedicates the temple. We read that in 1 Chronicles chapter 5. So I'm not going to, 2 Chronicles chapter 5. So I'm not going to re repeat it. In the day of the Feast of Tabernacles. Now, that's prophetic. Let me just quickly say. Feast of Tabernacles is coming. It's next month. September into October. When they did the dedication of Solomon's temple, it was the Feast of Tabernacles. And that was when the glory came. And we believe, using the prophetic types and shadows, that the same thing is going to happen now. Amen? Although it will not be for the finishing of them, it will be for the laying of the foundation. The glory of God is going to come to the church. And then from there, it's going to keep increasing until the church is finished. That is, we're going to have a glorious church in every continent. Ah, glory to God! 
Oh, our greatest days are ahead of us. You know, when you... I have to quip this in. You know, it's a, it's a kind of joke, but it's not a joke, but it's the truth. You know, when you begin to see things like that, political, natural political office looks very tiny to you. You know, apostles and prophets, you know, who are operating the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ. You, it's an insult to ask them to be a president of a country. Not because they don't want to serve and they don't love people. I'm too busy praying. I have to give myself continually onto prayer and the ministry of the word. So I will look for some young saint in the church and say, you're going to be president. <laughs> president is too small for us. We will be kingmakers. We will be anointing the king, the king, not only of Israel, but also of Syria. And the king of Egypt. <sighs> can you believe it? If you can, give me a wave offering. And then give the Lord a clap offering. That's what is ahead of us. Okay. So we dedicate the temple in chapter 8. Then verse chapter 9. God appears to Solomon the second time. Now this is where it starts getting bad. He appears to him the second time. And uh, verse 2. 1 Kings chapter 9 verse 2. <clears throat> when Solomon had finished building the house of the Lord. And all his desires he was pleased to do. God didn't like what he did. In building his own house. But God didn't say anything. You know God is a, is a gentleman. And God is a very nice person. And God gives you time. Okay. I blessed him. Okay. Let him enjoy himself. Build his own house. But what he did wasn't very good. And God didn't like it. He says that the Lord appeared to Solomon. I didn't hear you. First Kings chapter 9 verse 2. That the Lord appeared to Solomon. The second time. As he appeared to him at Gibeon. Brethren, remember, you know, because when you're reading the Bible, you have to keep your thinking cap on. A lot of people read, read their Bible and their head is not correct. God forgive me. You know what I mean is that they're not thinking. You have to understand that the first time he appeared to him was when he first became king. When he first became king and he asked for wisdom and God gave him and then he built the temple. So we're looking at a distance of seven years. Hello? I have to quip this in too. You know, it's a kind of, it's not a joke, but you know, I have to quip this in. See these people who see Jesus every six weeks. It's not Jesus they are seeing. Once I hear somebody, you know, that two, three, two or three, you know, um, red flags, you can tell when the devil has come in and he started corrupting and anointing. He might still be preaching the word and saying some good things, you know. Number one, when they are very particular about title. Number two, when they are always having visions. Praise for five minutes in tongues, praise, and Jesus appears to him. Not only Jesus, you see Abraham, you will see David. Yet the Bible says we shall live by 
faith and not by sight. Even the Solomon here, seven years. That is God's not that is not God's normal way of dealing with us in the New Testament. He does not give us visions and dreams on a daily basis or weekly or even yearly. You may have it now, you may not have another one for a year or two. Kenneth Hagen, you know, was special and even his own was spread over 30 years. Jesus appeared to him in 1950. The next vision was 52. The next one was, as far as I remember, was 59. That's another seven years. Then I think another one was in, in the 60s. Then another one around the time of Watergate, 73. Then another one, I think, in 80-something. Over a 30-year period. But these guys, they, they, Jesus appears every week. That's not Jesus. It's somebody else. I don't know, I've told you the story. I, I heard it from Kenneth Copeland and Brother Hagen. You know, of one guy who was in the, into the, the, you know, into the ministry like them. And he used to do deliverance and, you know, pray, you know, the demonic and preach faith and everything. So, the guy wanted Jesus to appear to him. So he fasted and prayed and fasted and prayed and fasted and prayed. You know, just give him new revelation. Just had appeared to him once before and taught him about demons like Kenneth Hagen. Taught him about, you know, casting out devils and all, which was good, you know. And instead of getting the rest, you know, through the word and prayer, he wanted just to appear again. So he fasted and almost killed himself. Fasted for 40 days. Just didn't want him to die. So just appears to him. You know, and when just appears to him, you know what he does? He opens the Bible and reads to him Ephesians chapter 6, and then he disappears. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We believe these words have empowered you to live a victorious, transcendent life in Christ. Our mission is to equip God's people for service and build up the body of Christ until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. We encourage you to enjoy and share from thousands of resources, including books, sermons, prophecies, and articles available on our website, spcconline.org. Thank you, and God bless you.